Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick with all students of Bill Walsh. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show and group therapy sessions. The, emer- the observant among you will have realised I'm uh, not Lee Gowland. Lee's still on holiday, but we hope to welcome him back to the podcast fairly soon. Uh, I'm Gareth Ellis, and in a moment, both reckless and careless, I've offered to host today's show, and I've picked an absolute stinker of a game. Uh, I am, however, ably supported by the elite analysis team. Paul, you'll never fumble the ball, Hope. Ah, I like it. Morning. And ooh, ah, it's Naji Kawar. <laughs> Brilliant. Hello, good morning. So, uh, first off, some apologies. We are going to be talking about the Colts game. Um, but before then, a little public service uh, announcement. We have the 49er Faithful UK annual meetup. This year, it will be in Bristol at the All-Star Sports Bar for the Vikings game, which is a 9.25 kickoff on the 29th of November. It's also the UK Vikings uh, meetup, so it's a joint joint meetup, the Gowland Bowl, uh, and it will be great to see a lot of the faithful there. If you do intend to come along, if you can go to the Facebook page and look for the event, it's really useful for us to know how many people are coming along, so we've got an idea of some numbers. Um, and if you've not been to one of the meetups before, uh, Paul, what can what can people expect? Yeah, no, the meetups are always good fun. Everyone has the jerseys on. It's good to meet up, Gareth, and watch football with your friends. I mean, for those of you who've listened to the podcast, we have talked a lot about Edinburgh a few years ago, which for me was the first time watching an NFL game in a sports bar with the atmosphere. So having the UK Vikings alongside us, for me, should make a better experience. Like you said, Gareth, just let us know on the Facebook page, because if we know numbers, Lee's always good at preparing things personally i'll be getting there for the six o'clock nfl sunday starts six o'clock in my house so i'll be there for red zone get me seat have a bit of banter there will probably be alcohol involved because it is the gowland ball as you've said i am not holding any responsibility for the amount of fireballs that will be consumed but get yourselves along it's always a good laugh yeah definitely i i, I thoroughly recommend it it's great to uh to put some faces to to the sort of names and, and people we chat to online um and yeah if you if you uh can, can follow the event you might also hear about if people are meeting up uh before going to the sports bar or or possibly if, if people need some help or lift share or something trying to get down to bristol uh so yeah it's really useful if you can do that um sadly we've got to talk about sunday night the niners slumped to a 30-18 to 18 loss in the heavy rain at Levi's. Takes our losing streak to four games, uh, and we now sit two and four. Um, but we're not bottom of the NFC West um, due to the Seahawks' loss last night. We talked about how important this game was to get us back on track after the bye, and the disappointing loss, I think, leaves us, fair to say, in a, in a spot of bother. A lot went wrong in that game. Um, so let's start with talking about the coaching. Bad weather games are often down to which team adjusts or adapts to those conditions better than the others. And I certainly think the Colts had the measure of us there. So from the sidelines, what went wrong? Neji? Well, <clears throat> um, yeah, sorry to everybody. I've got a bit of a, a bit of a cold, so I might sound slightly different. Um, what went wrong is I think what we've seen all season, I think Kyle is completely out of touch with his play calling. And he's, uh, I think finally 
admitted it or realized it. Um, I think he was quite humbled in his press conference at the end. He, he's realized that he's never been in quite of a rhythm, and I, I think we've we've seen the symptoms since since the Eagles games, um, which you, you know maybe even the Lions game, but that that game went so well that he probably hid some of the. Uh, some of our flaws and some of our bad plays. Um, but yeah, it's just um, after a brilliant first drive, we looked like it was kind of be one of those nights, Paul, that I always talk about where we can just take control of the game and, and just never let go, never look back. We look solid and then we miss an extra point and then it's downhill until the fourth quarter and we're two score behind and it's too late to make an impact. Um, but it's just a lack of originality, a lack of... Uh, what I say is management, you know, momentum management, which I think is our biggest, biggest downside. Uh, we just cannot seem to be taking the game by the reins and take control and take shots and make people second guess what we're, what we're doing because we're in front and we can afford it. Uh, I think to me, the biggest symptoms was that challenge flag. Um what on earth was that about? And you can have all the excuses in the world or this, the headset stopped working and whatever. I think if you're in touch with the game and you're looking at what's going on, then you have an idea that it was clearly recovered by the Indian police courts. And it's not even the fact that, it, was it a fumble or not? I think it was clearly everybody in the stadium, that even the people that went to see and get popcorn, um, saw that that ball was recovered by the courts. Why on earth would you throw a, a flag? And I think it just shows um, how out of the game Kyle ultimately is because he's in his own world of trying to figure out what the offense needs to do to score points which is failing out greatly um it's the third game in a row we don't score more than 20 um which you know he's supposed to be this offensive guru uh, supposed to design plays um and be this guy that just takes the league by storm and yet we're all sat at home watching the play and we we know as fans of a game that i think most of us don't even grasp you know 50 percent of the concepts uh can tell what's going to happen and and if we can do that you can bet your your bottom dollar that you know, defensive coordinator that have experience in the game for 50 years plus can and will figure out what you're doing. So, um, as you can tell, I think, um, you know, Lisa Picrant is, is clearly kicking off, kicking off in all of us now. Um, the problem he hasn't kicked off in the person that matters the most, and that's Kyle. Although, I will say, and we'll come back to that in a positive later, I think he has finally maybe realized what's going on. Paul, while you watch the game live, it must have been extremely frustrating. Oh, yeah. Like you said, Nadia has fans, 49 FFL UK, a lot of dedication goes into watching the football, doing the podcast, like you said, 1.20am game. In the preview show, I said that I wanted Kyle Shanahan to show us who he is. And what worries me on the back of Lee's epic rant, as you've said, sorry, everyone, before I give my analysis on Kyle, I'm not going to go down the Gowland route because he can do it better than most. <laughs> I am going to try and remain objective. However, I am feeling the same frustrations that everybody in the group is feeling, everybody on 49 or Twitter is feeling. What I'm worried about is Shanahan showing me he's coaching scared. Like you said there, Nadji, the first drive, I thought, boom, we're going to get a Nadji Karat special here. This is what we've asked for. Play actions, misdirections. Scored the touchdown. Defence come out, turn the ball over. I thought, this is the game. What we've talked about, he's got the red Shanna hat on. 
and the game. But after those first 15 or so scripted drives, it just fell apart. And it's like he's coaching the team scared. Like you've said, everybody on this show believes in Kyle. But he needs to show us more than the offensive guru. You said they're the challenge flag. I've never played a down of football. And I'm a fan first most. And I was at home thinking, oh, what's he throwing that for? That's, it's recovered. Just a waste. And that sets the tone for me. It's lazy coaching. And it starts at the top. Now, we've given Kyle a lot of kudos on this show. But I am starting to worry. I mean, like you said, Najit, he's come out and said, you know, Jimmy's starting again next week. And Yeah, I think uh, we can talk about before that. We, before we go down the Jimmy route, the last thing I was going to say, I've just finished reading the Steve Young book. And there's a chapter in there that really hit home with me the last 24 hours or so. And there's a bit in the book where Steve is despondent because, you know, he's not the starter. Joe Montana's the starter. And he was really struggling. And he took some perspective to realise he came close to being traded away. And he realised he wanted to be a 49er. He loved the franchise. And he was like, I'm lucky to be a 49er. And I know the romance side of me as a fan. I want Kyle to grasp that. Does he really realise that what he's got? He's the king of the castle. He's been given the keys and he's got full control. And what, how many years into this now? And we're looking at the dreaded, is this going to be another rebuild? Because let's face it, before I hand over to Gareth, we are a bad football team. That's where I've come away. We should have been winning that game on Sunday night. Fourth loss, like you said, Nadji, 18 points. And I have needed this therapy session like most. On that note, Gareth, I'll hand over to you. What do you want to add to what me and Adji have said? Uh, I think I think you've you've covered everything quite nicely there, really. So I think with the mention of Jimmy, that that moves us nicely on to to once again our our offense failing to get into any kind of rhythm outside of uh, of the first drive. I think that first drive, I thought, there we go. That's the Niners. That's what we should be doing. We fixed it after the bye week. And yeah. as you said, it just it just dried up. So Jimmy returned from his injury, and he did typical Jimmy type things. So Paul, what, what did you make of the overall performance from Jimmy and and the offense? Oh, I mean, like you guys, you know, like Nadja, I'm a fan. So yesterday, I tried to stay off Twitter. I tried to stay away from it all. But getting ready for the pod, I went back on last night, and Brian Bolginger does a great breakdown, and I've retweeted it for those of you that follow me. And there's a player where Ayuk's wide open. So there's a lot of talk about Brandon not getting the ball. And if you watch this play unfold, if Jimmy hits him, that it's an 80-yard home free. And that got me thinking, is it all on Kyle? Is he, again, like we said in the previous shows, handcuffed by Jimmy? Got to remember, Jimmy G knows he's not going to be here next year. So you've got the most important position on the field. And you've got a man in there who, through no fault of his own, some may say, isn't fully invested. And yes, it was raining. But Carson Wentz was still slinging the ball down the field. Now, obviously, he had his two wide receivers and that lovely yellow flag, which on the game day, Fred, was getting very frustration. Some of those flags were actual flags. Can't blame this loss on the referees, and I'm not going to go down that path. But the Colts' second half adjusted, and they were slinging the ball. Jimmy just looked lost. He looked like a deer in headlights. He looked like the Jimmy G we all know. And for me, I'm just stunned he's come out and said, we're going to start him on Sunday. Like, why? Like, yeah, what I think... Could, what I think, more could Jimmy do? do you, I think Kyle's going to lose the locker room. If n- no, the players I've, are going to think... Well, like, what I meant, Nadji, is like, you've played the game. Yeah. You must share those frustrations where, on Sunday, they come out against the Bears and Jimmy's struggling. Because let's face it, pure execution. Uh, ball security. 
Joe Staley said it better than me if you watch the NBC show afterwards. Jimmy wasn't protecting the ball. We all knew it was wet. We all knew the weather was... And some of his check-down decisions... And I've never played quarterback. Of course I haven't. I wouldn't be sat here if I had. But I'm normally one of Jimmy's biggest fans. But to be fair, Gareth, I was really, really disappointed. It's the strong word I've got coming off Sunday. Yeah. So, I think him starting on against the Bears is purely because Trey isn't healthy. That's, that's the only reason I think Kyle says... Um, that's what he's going to go for because that's what he knows for now. I think if Trey can put in a, a good week of practice and be ready, which doesn't look like he, he will be, I think he's, he's going to be limited. So it's not like he's going to be able to take first first team snaps. But I think that's the only reason because Jimmy's performance on Sunday was atrocious. Um, we called, you know, and I I'd said, what is he going to look like now that he's under pressure and what he's got... Um, you know, his job is on the line and his future is on the line. Well, I think he, he showed exactly what he showed us in a Super Bowl when he was under pressure and he had to make plays. He showed us what he, he's showed us all his career when he played with us and he was under pressure. He's, he's just not a good QB when things don't go his way and, and when, he, when he plays from behind. I think, as you said, you, he just doesn't take shot downfield. They stack the box with eight people. That means there's three people on the back end. So it's always one-on-one. And you're telling me you're not taking shots with one-on-one? Uh, even if, you know, you throw a 50-50 ball, who cares if it's intercepted sometimes? At least you've given it a go. And as you say, Carson Wentz made adjustments. They chucked the ball downfield because why not? And they got down with the plays because... Yeah, our secondary is pretty bad, and all they can do is hold and, and make PI. And I, I don't care about people calling for refs or whatever. The fact of the matter is that if it happens five times for for 97 yards, then why wouldn't the opposition do it? And I fully expect the Bears to try it next week. It's just um, this ineptitude to take advantage of what's given to him by Jimmy is absolutely unreal and you say it's not all on Kyle and I completely agree you look at some plays and people are steaming one open down the sideline and it just doesn't even look that way it doesn't even throw it all he's going to throw it to is either the check down or that middle of the field pass to Debo um, that he's always been kind of good at when he doesn't sail it over for a pick I'm so done with him I really hope we can look um before the trade deadline and ship him to wherever for whatever price so we can move on and start looking towards the future because I'm starting to realize after a game like this that our fandom for the past four or five years and support to him is I think has been misguided. We've been, you know, too biased in towards our team. And a lot of people have called for Jimmy being a bad quarterback. And I think they were right. And we just couldn't see it because we're fans and we wanted us to, you know, be a good team. And he did take us to a Super Bowl. But, you know, Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. It doesn't mean he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think, and, like you, you said, Nadji, want, we wanted him, didn't we? That was why. Like, yeah. looking at the stats, 35 stats with us, Jimmy has thrown 30 interceptions. And fumbled twenty-two times. Yeah, like I that mean, carelessness of not dude, looking after the football. Yeah, I was gonna, I was getting to that. It's just the fact that we know it's wet, and he gets two fumbles and two pick, and the last one is absolutely atrocious row throw to to Brandon Ayuk. There is absolutely no, I don't know why he throws that ball. Um, it's so telegraphed. It's so. I just turned the game off after that point. I just couldn't watch it. Um, but yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm done with Jimmy. He's 
I, I don't know what else I can say about him. I'm just angry that we haven't seen it earlier. Um, and I hope we can flip him for a seventh round. And it, I don't care if we pay if we pay his his contract this year. Um, we need to start trade-ons. Uh, at this point, I would rather see Sudfell. Um, just Jimmy doesn't give us anything. Um, Gareth, do you kind of agree with all of this? Yeah, I think there's there's two things. I think that the support for Jimmy has often been because we've just we've always thought he'll get better, uh, and if anything, he's got worse. Uh, I think I think he has kind of checked out mentally, and, and we don't have that leadership. Uh, obviously, with the with the trade for Trey Lance, and and he knew his days were numbered. Um, it's that that's not so much a, an individual criticism of Jimmy. I think he's probably been been a, a good professional throughout it. But but ultimately, if if I found out that my boss thought I wasn't up to it, and as soon as he could, I would be made redundant. I'm not sure my heart and soul would be in that job uh, either. So I think it is a difficult situation. I think it does come back down to the fact that Shanahan has has kind of wanted to find this middle road between the two quarterbacks. And a lot of other people have have said if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And I think that's the that's one of the problems. This the handover's got to be done this season. Um, I think Jimmy's got to leave the building because I, I don't think that handover can happen with the kind of ghost of Jimmy wandering around the. Uh, locker room while while Trey Lance is is trying to make it his team um it's it's a lot for a young quarterback but he he did that at North Dakota he was he was clearly head and shoulders the best player on that team and had to carry that team and clearly in the in the kind of rut the problems that we've got Jimmy is not the kind of guy who can pull us out of that sort of situation and and we've got nothing to lose now. We you know we're two and five. If if something doesn't happen now, the season is gone. Um, and I think yeah. that's one of the positive is the season's not over. We still got ten games, um, eleven games even. Uh, you know, no ten games, and and we could go. You know, um, te- uh, you know ten and four. Well, what is it? Whatever, thirteen and four. <laughs> but something needs to happen now. We can't. Yeah. We cannot carry on this path. I think I think we need that spark, and I think ha- Shanahan's got to realise that that one of one of the problems, the fundamental problems throughout this season, has been that that uncertainty. Uh, I think you know Jimmy's limitations are, I think, affecting the other uh, the other players. Uh, if I was one of his receivers, you know, you've only got twenty yards to play with. There's no point running deep. It doesn't matter how That's open true. you are. Jimmy's either not going to see you or he's not going to have the guts to, to try and get the ball out to you. So the receivers are working in this this condensed, this almost like red zone all the way through the through the field because yeah. they know it's a congested area. Defensive coordinators just know you don't have to worry about Jimmy. You don't have to worry about the deep ball. We can just defend this sort of 20-yard strip of the field, um, congest that up, and he won't have somebody to throw to. So I think, you know, he's he's been saved for another game by Trey Lance's injury, which I, I certainly feel is on is on Shanahan. Um, and Shanahan's realising that I think he's he's making a mess out of a mess out of a mess. Uh, and the only thing I, I think he can do is come out at some point and say Trey Lance is the starter. Yep. Jimmy's gone and get the, the experienced players to rally around Trey and say 2022 season starts now. Yeah. With with Trey, and there's going to be lumps. There's going to be some bad games. That, you know, there could even be a beatdown or two. But you just got to take that to get Trey Lance to get his feet underneath him. Yeah, just okay. you know, Panthers. Um, 
<laughs> the Browns, come at us. Just come and take him, please. Take him away. <laughs> the, the thing is, Nadji, like you were saying, if you don't believe us, and we're just three lads in the UK talking football, Joe Staley came out with some inspect, uh, good perspective from an offensive lineman's point of view, Gareth. Like you said there, but I like that quote about the 2QB. He said when you're trying to play with a 2QB system, you've got to keep changing things up and down and it can get yeah. a bit confusing. And like you've said, another thing, that I, the final thing I want to say on Jimmy today is he's judged off his third downs and we are atrocious at third downs. I think we got, was it one out of 11 the other night? Um, yeah. And like you've said, the defence is no third and long. We laughed in the 2019 season. That was what Jimmy's bread and butter kind of was. He kind of always came up with a play on third down and prolonged it. That's disappeared. And like you said, Nadji, they just stacked the box because there's no way he's going outside the numbers. So Lance can't do any worse than that. Like you said, rip off the band-aid, give him the keys and say, right, Kyle. What I need to know is who picked Trey Lance. Was it John Lynch or was it Kyle Shanahan? Because at the moment, there's a little bit of confusion behind... We've given up three first-round picks for this lad. This is your hand-picked quarterback, we believe, Kyle. So why aren't you scripting these amazing no, I mean, players that we see? And... I, 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 you know, I, I get the whole, we picked Trey, but we wanted to you know, have him into like a Mahomes kind of situation where he can learn for a year, adjust to the speed, practice, learn the playbook, and then next year he could come in. Um, with a bit more chance to be successful. But the problem is the season hasn't gone the way we wanted. And I think yeah, true. It, 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 you, you can't just you know rest on your laurels and just you know put your hands up in the air and say, oh, it is what it is. It's just like, you're, you're a football head coach. Um, you know, people are expecting you to do something for your team to win. And putting up a, a performance like this after a bye, because I think that's one of the things as well that really annoys me is, you can't play this bad football after uh, after two weeks preparation for the for the game. It's insane, and the the conditions may have been difficult to play in and may have played into into what the game has been. But the Colts had to travel. They played last week, and and you know they they managed to score thirty points. The, there is absolutely no excuse to now press a button that says, right, what do we do now? And I think the easiest solution you can take is. Bench Jimmy, send him away, start Trey Lance, uh, and, and and start going from there and see if you know if we can beat the Rams twice and the Cardinals and scrape a few wins here and there, and we might make it to the playoff and get hot and and make a push. But if if we carry on on this path, it's only going to go downhill and it, it's just going to turn ugly and and then you might lose your job. I think because. That's what's going to happen with this kind of fandom and, and the ownership is going to look at what's going on around the league. And if Kyle doesn't do something that proves that he cares and wants to win, well, we'll find somebody else that wants to. And as much as it pains me to say it, that noise is going to be louder and louder and louder. We're only in, you know, mid-October, end of October. There's still three months of football to go and something needs to happen. Otherwise... We can't just lose seasons like this, where we have players in their prime like Fred and George and 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 you know Debo playing their absolute best. It's just it's just a waste of time, and we can't just afford it. Yeah. I think I think Shanahan has sort of my impression from his press conference was yeah. he he realizes that something's got to change. Yeah, I think so. As as you mentioned, um, it's it's often tough to score in rain, but our our defense coughed up thirty points. This included three touchdowns, which came directly from first and goals gifted away by 
defensive pass interference calls. Uh, the DPIs have been a, an unwanted staple of our otherwise solid defence all season. Is is this down to just individual poor plays from players, or or is it something something else, Naji? No, it is. It's it's as simple as that. You you don't do a PI if you're a good cornerback, or you you will do a, a few per season. Um, the reason you give up DPI is because you got beat, and the only thing you can do is is make a foul so the guy doesn't catch a ball in the end zone, which gives your defense a chance to, you know, have fall down to stop them on the goal line. It's um, that's what happens. Um, I I think we called it for Norman. It's been like that for three or four games now. Um, and then Emmanuel Mosley is kind of the same. He has good games, and then he has games where he's looking absolutely atrocious. Mm. Um, the problem is, um, you know, the personnel has been chosen, and there's some uh, for some reason we've called on it. Dimolonor is on the sideline, healthy scratch. I don't even think he's suited up, even though he's played pretty well. And if he was in and he gets DPI, then, you know, he's a rookie, he's learning. Um I think there's so much more. What do we what do we learn from Josh Norman having free pass interference again? And yeah, he punched the ball and yeah, he made a few very good tackles and a few very good plays, which I'm sure earns him the right to be on the team. But when you make mistakes after mistakes after mistakes like this, that just gives the opposition points. You just hand them points in a game where clearly our offense cannot score points. Um it's just it, it's a killer, and these players need to be benched, and so they can realize what they're doing wrong and work on it, or they just need to go out of our team. It's the same to me. It's the same mentality as keeping a player that gets injured over and over and over again, thinking, oh, but maybe, maybe next game he won't get injured, and it's just maybe next game Josh Norman won't get called for a DPI, or maybe we just don't even take the chance, put him on the bench, and then see what happens. Um, I yeah I think he's past his prime. He's a he's a very experienced corner and he was a, a good corner and he can be serviceable as a as a backup and being relieved of you know somebody that's a bit getting a bit tired. Um, but he's certainly not a starter anymore. And uh, once again, I think things need to happen and Demerco needs to put his foot down and bench him and start the rookie. Let him learn the ropes and he might surprise you. He might get a pick instead of a pi. Um, I don't know. I just well, I think we're all frustrated because it's three points given away for absolutely no reason on first and twenty or third and eighteen, which is um, ridiculous. Paul, do you think it's players? Do you think it's our mentality? I think it's a mixture of both. I always like to listen to your expertise because, like I said, I've, ne- I've never played it again. I think what made it worse for me, lads, was remember the culture of dome team that didn't have Ti Hilton. They didn't have three of the top four cornerbacks. Yeah. And like you said, Nadji, I'm starting to understand the game more from doing these and watching. And like you've said, Norman was just beat every time. Yeah, it's just beat. And then the sinking feeling in the group, and, and I said it at the start of the show, I'm not blaming the referees for, for the loss. The, most of those pass interference flags were yeah. pass interference flags. I was getting text messages off uh, a Rams fan who was up watching the game with me and he was like, yeah, what are you doing? And then... They converted them. We all had that sinking feeling in the group. Like, they walked in untouched. I mean, that miscommunication between Norman and Tart was just embarrassing, wasn't it? I know it's going to happen. Human error. Um, but like you've said, Nadji, I think opposition, no. Our strength on the 
defensive side of the ball is we're going to bring the pressure. So what do they do? They sling the ball long. And worst case scenario, the receiver doesn't get it. Oh, there comes the yellow flag out. And it just so, that must be so demoralised as well for both sides of the ball. Like you said, we're not putting points up. And equally, we're not stopping. So <laughs> I think, got to remember, people are thinking, oh, you know, we've got the Bears this week and they're not very good. We're not very good at the moment either. And I'm normally Mr. Positive and I'm struggling. I may change my mind by Friday. I'll probably come on and say we're going to win 59-0 and Jimmy G is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I think what the fans wanted today from us, and I think we're doing it quite well, is the brutal honesty, you know, of where we're coming from. And I'm not going to slag DeMarco off for his selection. He's dealing with what he's got. I'm like you, Nadji, scratching my head. Why is the rookie not in? He's shown flashes. I mean, Hufanga looks brilliant. And he's coming up to speed. Why not let Lenar in? What, what are we going to, is Josh Norman going to be on the team next year? Probably not. So why play him? And like you said, Najee, punch the ball out, which was great. Great play, yeah. You know, like you said, the first five minutes of the game, thought you'd got your wish. I thought Carl's been listening to my boy Najee. Yeah, we're going to have an easy night. And then, and then no. what's your <laughs> thoughts on the uh, pass interferences, Gareth? Well, I think well, it reminds me a little bit of the 2018 season where our, our secondary was getting shredded. Uh, Salah was on the hot seat. People were talking about maybe he should be should be sacked in the middle of the season because we were we were terrible on the back end. But then what we showed in the 2019 season is that we got that defensive scheme worked because of constant pressure on the on the quarterback. And with fundamentally the same secondary, we suddenly became massively better because we were getting the pass rush home. And I, I, I think it is, we, we've built front to back and I'm just hugely disappointed with Nick Bosa aside, there's there's no one on the defensive line who's making plays. Yeah. The, the Colts have got a good offensive line and they, they had our way with this. Wentz had loads of time to get a good grip on the ball, find an open receiver and hit him. And, and they also just effortlessly made big gaps for Jonathan Taylor to run through. Uh, and that's, I, I think the, the real winners there were the Colts' offensive line. They manhandled that defensive line. And I think without that, our scheme just exposes the secondary to get beaten. So I think it's 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 easy to call it on the individual players. And, and I think that's that's mostly right. But I don't think the scheme is helping them because people like Ebukam uh, and others along the defensive line are utterly anonymous. They're, they're not getting there but also um, uh, it, it's a it's a hand-in-hand situation if, if your secondary is bad it makes it very difficult for the um for the defensive line to get home because the opposition knows that uh, players are going to be open downfield and all they have to do is hold the ball for about a second you know two second three seconds maximum which makes it very very difficult to apply pressure because you could just slide away and just make sure you know it's going to open up on the back end. I, I think as much as we could criticize uh, Richard Sherman, what he was very good at doing was making it look like uh, the guy was not open or that he would be able to jump the run and the, jump the route or something, uh, which uh, you know gives the defensive line that extra little time to get home and get pressure. And then when the pressure gets home, it makes the secondary easy, uh, you know, better. And it's just if one is lacking, the other one will lack, and then it's a vicious, a vicious circle of 
the opposition has taken advantage of what's been given to them. The problem is, and I will say again, Jimmy Ward doesn't do anything, doesn't provide a threat apart from making a tackle, uh, you know, at the goal line. Uh, Jakowski Tart has been playing suboptimally, I think, um, and then your corners are, are getting beat every down, pretty much. So, what does I, you know? Boston knows, Armstead knows that he has two seconds to get to the QB. Otherwise, it's going to be either a PI or a completion and field. So I think until the secondary can tighten up, and hopefully with Wufanga starting next week, we can see that. And hopefully Lenore is going to get a shot after that horrendous you know, display by, by Josh Norman. Um, ho- hopefully... If it tightens, and it doesn't need to be a massive difference, just it's an extra half second, an extra second where it looks like the players are covered, even if they're not, or they're getting open. Um, and then Bosa and Ford can get home. I will say you're right. I think Ebukam has, hasn't shown anywhere near uh, the level of play that he showed when he was at the Rams. Um, maybe he's not getting used the same way. Maybe he needs to adjust and get time, but... Yeah, it's just a frustrating, very frustrating thing because the the defense is playing really, really well. Um, but you know, when you go on the field and you you're free and out, you get a fumble and you manage to actually get some turnover this time, um, and then your offense just is anemic and goes on for two, three plays and punts the ball. After a while, it's it's tiring, and you, you know you're just, that's all you're gonna do all night. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to get. Um, the mat, you know, the pedal to the metal, as they say, for the whole game, and keep, you know, that intensity. When the momentum is, you know, slightly sliding away from you, and then, yeah, it's just, um, I, yeah, it's so frustrating because I think our defense is playing really well. They, they don't really need to do much more than than what they're doing. If you, again, if I, I'll say again, if if we go 14 up in this point, so first of all, we don't miss the the, the extra point, which is something that's infuriating me. And then the drive after down a short field, you punch it in and it's 14 to nothing. Then your your defense is inclined to make make more plays. Do you remember the Browns game last year uh, in 2019 or the you know the first Green Bay game when yeah. the defense got hot and you just couldn't do anything on them because they were excited, they were they wanted to make another turnover. That that's what momentum does to a team. Mm. And then I think what's first Yeah, sorry Gareth. Oh. No, I was I was going to jump on something Nadji's mentioned and yourself. The, the frustrating thing, Nadji, is the draft. So we jump up in the third round to take Trey Sermon and he's not playing. He's not playing. There was plenty of corners on there that we could have gone for. And like you said, Nadji, it's, it's the front, the linebackers. I mean, for me, the linebackers were fantastic. On Sunday night, all pro Fred lived up to his name. Yeah. Al Sahaya, they were brilliant. You've got Bosa, Armstead, the front. And like you said, Nadji, it's just, it's frustrating because if he's not going to pick Muse Trey Sermon, why not go for a corner? There was plenty. Well, it, that it, we, the we, thing is, he would have picked a corner and that corner would be bench anyway. Our second round pick yeah. is in play. So it doesn't matter who you pick if you, if it's going to be on a bench. That's something else that we haven't talked about, Kyle, but that's greatly annoying me. Is you pick in players, just give him a chance to play. Uh, what is the point of protecting them? Just let them prove to you that they're good or not. And then you can go from there. Um, especially when now when we've got nothing to lose, why are we? Why didn't we run the ball with Sermon, Hasty, and Mitchell on on Sunday night? It was always going to be a run game, um, you know. And Mitchell gets it, and then that's it. And then Hasty is 
clearly not up to speed after his injury. Did Sermon even get one snap? No. Why? I don't understand. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Pro- let people prove that you're wrong. Is 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 what I always say. Like, let them prove you wrong, um, rather than you making assumption or thinking. You know, oh, Brandon Ayuk is not up to speed. Well, put him on the field and let him prove to you that he's not up to speed. And after he's tanked for two games, then you can go to him. But you can't, you know, you can't tell to people, this guy's not very good. And then it's like, well, how do you know? We haven't seen him on the field. And, you know, practice on Sundays are totally different. Um, I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that some players thrive in you know, on the field on when it matters and some players are good at practice. I was never good at practice. I hated it. Um, and uh, I will always show up on Sunday because game time is game time. It's totally different. And I, I think I was always better on Sunday game time than on Sunday practice just because the way my brain works. Um, maybe that's what Ayuk is. That's what Sermon is. Um, I don't know. I'm just very angry, very frustrated with the team right now. Also, it's the morning, so... <laughs> well, I think yeah. we've took some time to reflect, haven't we? Yeah, we jumped yeah. on this yesterday morning at 5am, Nadji. I Oof. think Lee Gowland's epic rant would have been replaced by one from me and Gareth because yeah. I was raging yesterday yeah. morning. Like you've said, we've all got family commitments. I took the day off work yesterday, stayed up till 5 o'clock in the morning, took the day off work, and then obviously, after I got up at dinner time, the missus is like, oh, it was a game last night. I was like, where do you want me to start? It was awful. <laughs> like, you know, you can't... I think, to piggyback what you've said there, I don't watch a lot of college football. And we did our fantasy draft. And one of the lads drafted Jamar Chase quite high up. And everyone was mocking him. Oh, he can't catch the ball in training camp. Oh, he's useless. Yeah. Look at Jamar Chase now. Like you've said, Nadji, game day is a lot different. He's been put on the field. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Now, I'm not saying that Trey Lance is going to immediately become like them. I remember Kyler Murray first starting in this league. Didn't look that great, to be honest with you, but they've stuck with him. The Cardinals have the identity. The Rams have their identity. Seattle, without Russell. I mean, obviously, like Gareth said, that's probably been the highlight of my weekend. Waking up this morning and seeing them got beat last night. It was, it was epic. But I just, where do we go? And I think people tuning in, I hope we've grasped the mood because the mood in the group has been very sombre. It has been very despondent and there's a lot of criticism coming Carl and John's way. So on that cheery note, Gareth, I'll hand back over to you, mate. Yeah, well, let's let's see what positives can we take from that game. I think that there were a, a few individual performances. I think uh, Al Shair, Mitchell, Debo again um, and, and Jalen Moore, who came in at left tackle as a rookie. And he's showing what some of our rookies can do. Um, what what positives can we take? Yeah, I think definitely Debo once again um, is definitely a fault to reckon with. If only, if only um, at the moment. Um, I was happy with Mitchell, although I think he was very good in the scripted things. Um, I do genuinely think he would benefit from a change of pace. Pace somebody so. A little bit like Raheem does, where you can be on first down and thir- and second down, and then on third down you just put somebody else because it's a little bit too obvious what he does when he's on the field. Uh, before six rounder, I think I think that's very good. Um, I'll let you talk about Jalen Moore. I I think he played well. I'm not sure the uh, Colts pass, you know, rush defense is is great. 
as in rushing the the QB, but I think he did pretty well considering he was told on Saturday that he would play. So uh, what did you think, Gareth? Yeah, I think if a, if an offensive lineman is never getting mentioned, he's he's probably had a had a pretty good game. And I think, like I said, maybe it is it is the poor pass rush, but they do have a guy called DeForest Butler who's who's reasonably yeah. good at getting pressure. Um, but I thought I thought the offensive line did reasonably well, and and particularly to avoid the penalties. The Colts, it's one thing the Colts are very good at; they don't give away a lot of penalties, and that's it's that's discipline and coaching. Um, and that's that's they were uncharacteristic in in Quentin Nelson gave a gave a couple of ten yard penalties away for holding, which thankfully for us helped stall a couple of their drives. Um, but yeah, uh, I I think it's it's good to see Mitchell is you know clearly looks like he's he's well up to speed uh, in the NFL. Uh, our offense basically is Debo at the moment in terms of our of our past defence, whether that's just because he's the guy Jimmy trusts or whether he's got the measure of Jimmy. He knows that area of the field that Jimmy's comfortable for throwing in. Um, and if Debo's taking that, maybe that's why Ayuk's just not getting targets or not getting open. Uh, that Who know, who knows why, why Ayuk isn't actually getting uh, uh, pulled into the games. But um, anything, anything to add on that, Paul, as we look to wrap up? No, I think you lads have covered it very well. I've got the same positives as you because I know we've probably gone on a bit longer than Lee would prefer but I think it was needed no I, I like you <laughs> well, no, I th- the offense the biggest positive for me is that I think that game and maybe it was just needed as I think Kyle has finally realized he's mm. he's not up to speed this year um and he's been poor um he was very humble in his press conference sorry <clears throat> um he sounded not defeated but like he had a, a, a big task ahead of him um and I think that's that's great. I think that's good. And Sunday should show um, whether that's happening or not. Um, so I, I think that's one of the biggest positives is that sometimes you do need to, you know, be slapped around a little bit to waken up and realize what's going on. Um, because that's that's one thing, you know, when you're at the top of the chain and you're in command, maybe nobody wants to come and knock on your office and say, uh, hey, coach, I'm sorry, but you... You know, you you stink right now, um, by by fear of losing the job or by just you know, the aura that Kyle has. Um, so the fact that he's realised it himself is is great. Um, uh, let's hope he can you know make smart decision, uh, good decisions, and whether it's personal and play calling, uh, and and we can turn it around and and we need to to win big in Chicago on Sunday. There's no two ways about it I think we need to put a performance like what the Bucks did to them um, and you know kickstart our, our 2021 season um, I and I will say I think if not I think he needs to step back maybe relinquish play calling to, to Lafleur or somebody uh, and you know take a step back and look at what his role is in the team and assess this because otherwise it's it from this point here. It's either going to get very ugly, or it could creep back up, and we could have a, a decent season in the end. Um, but what I think we are at a turning point, and he's realised that. I think the team's realising that, and that's a good thing. I think you're right, Nadji. I think as fans, you know, we're very bullish on this show, and some of it is tongue in cheek. And you know, Lee was doing the whole twenty, you know, at the start of the season. But you're right. If Kyle can learn from this, sometimes you learn more in adversity. Oh, you learn more yeah, from yeah. rock bottom. And like you said, if he can look in the mirror and think, right, I need some help with the offensive player calling. I've got to remember he's the head coach. It isn't just that side of the ball. 
Robert Salah has probably found that a little bit at the Jets. You know, you've, you're very good when you've got that play calling sheet, but you're supposed to be the head coach and you bring people in if you need to. There's going to be no shame. I think what we need for the rest of the season, for me, is just to see a bit of hope because I think we're losing that a little bit. We need to see something. Like you said, Nadji, if Lenar is going to make mistakes, but he's going to show flashes, if, Trant, if Trey Lance is going to show the grown pains, that's all we want, but we can't sit through more games like this, no. like we did on Sunday night, because it's just, I just won't. I'll be watching something else and catching that game in 40 later, because uh, Sunday, you know, Sunday football is, there's only 10 left, and uh, I'm not going to be bothered watching a bad team if I can watch a good game somewhere else. You know, there's, there's not enough time in, in my life for bad football. <laughs> Yeah, like so, I said, I mean, we're all, you know, we're all NFL fans. Sorry, sorry, Gareth. Like you said, for me, NFL Sunday starts at six o'clock and I watch all the other games and I'm, I'm watching Red Zone and I'm watching football and you get excited. And for me, it's one of the things I like about the NFL off air. I mean, you'll talk about Justin Herbert and yeah. they'll throw names like Kyler Murray in there and you do your fantasy teams. And then for me, Sunday night primetime football, I thought, right, I've got all my fantasy teams. I'm going to sit and watch the game. And Joy outside football. that first five minutes, it was like, oh. You know, the, the the spirit in the group was the same. You know, I said to you before we started, I stayed up an extra half an hour, 40 minutes after the game, and there was people really frustrated, which I got. I understand that. The group's there to vent. What I will say is after a game, if you are wanting to vent, keep it in the game day thread rather than on the main wall because sometimes we've got to monitor the language and take, stuff. Take, and a deep, take a deep breath before you, <laughs> you press yeah. send on, on that comment. <laughs> but... On that note, I don't want anyone to think I'm criticising. Over the last 24 hours, I've enjoyed the discussions on the groups. One of the lads shared the article off the athletic group, which was quite interesting for people who aren't subscribing. And I think there's been some quite good chat on the group over the last 24 hours. It's been quite balanced. It's been, you know, quite well done. So well done, everyone, for that. Lovely. And on uh, on that Happy note. Uh, we'll be back later in the week with the uh, with the Bears preview. Maybe we'll touch on some of those uh, uh, subjects again. Thanks to everyone who listens to the show. It is the best therapy you can get without pharmaceutical support. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get the podcast. Uh, and also don't forget our YouTube channel, which you can find by searching for 49er Faithful UK. Uh, we're all secretly hoping to double the circulation while Lee's on holiday. Um, and, and say that that's, that's not related at all. Uh, comments, suggestions, uh, ideas for the podcast, things like that are always welcome. Any sort of feedback, uh, do that via the, the Facebook group. Um, and if you want to show your appreciation, I accept mine in liquid form uh, at the meetup on the, on the 29th of November. So until the next show, go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. We're all students of Bill Walsh.